Hey iHub listeners, this week, James meets with Cecilia Gu. She's done some great research investigating how high-speed rail improves a foreign firm's chance of success in China. Let's dive in. Joined today with Cecilia Gu from Georgia State University. Cecilia, thank you for being this here today. Thanks for having me. I am Cecilia Gu, and I was born and raised in China, and I got my uh, doctoral degree in National University of Singapore. I graduated as uh, as a doctoral degree in strategy and international business. My research interests also falls into the intersect between the two. I'm very interested in understanding how emerging market firms grow and how do they cope with the institutional challenges in both their home and host country. In general, my research uh, program can be categorized into three uh, interrelated domains. And one is the emerging market firms in their home country. I look at how the home country institutional changes, how the role of the government affects emerging market firms' strategic decisions. Another area that I'm particularly interested in is FDIs into and out of emerging market firms. So we look at how emerging market firms compete and cooperate with foreign firms um, in emerging markets and also in the developed economies and how these collaborations or competitions translate into performance. So the last area that I'm interested in is emerging market firms' response to foreign competition, right? Um, so how do they conduct R&D and what is the decision regarding, for instance, CSR or information disclosure and how does it help them to effectively address this foreign competition and remain uh, competitive? All right. So thank you. One of your... Uh... One of your published papers is in Strategic Management Journal. And in this paper, a very interesting paper, you have a little a nuanced finding in there, which kind of counters a lot of, uh, so there's an existing theory called liability of foreignness and talks about how it's difficult for, for uh, foreign firms to enter a market due to a bunch of distances, geographic distance, psych- psychological distance, and you, you have a really interesting finding in that paper. Could you tell us a little bit about what you found? Okay, thanks for uh, mentioning that, uh, James, for our SMJ paper. So at that paper, we use the context of uh, venture capital firms uh, alliance formation in the context of emerging markets in China in particular. Before we get to the liability of foreigners, uh, just a brief uh, introduction of the baseline hypothesis. So that is about uh, how reputation the venture capital firm's reputation affects their likelihood of forming an alliances, right? Essentially, we see it, the incentive to form an alliances as a combined um, consideration of the need and opportunities. And we argue that when you have a low reputation, then you are more likely to uh, form an alliances because you have more need uh, to draw on your partner's resources and draw on your partner's experience to bring the startups to an exit. 
But then as the reputation increases, you now have a larger uh, knowledge repertoire, you have a larger resources, successful experience, you have more connections both in the home country and the uh, host country, then you're more likely to do it alone. So therefore, we sort of argue there's an inverted U-shape before uh, between the reputation and the likelihood of forming an alliances. Then we uh, move on to talk about the differences between foreign firms and domestic firms, in this case, the Chinese firms. And we argue that yes, um, at the beginning, uh, foreign firms do have the liability to foreigners in their investments in China, given that, you know, they do not necessarily understand the market very well, the rule of the game, and they don't have the connections with the right partners, and they don't have maybe well contacts with the government, etc. So in that case, they are more eager to establish connections with the local parties, with the local companies, and then they have a higher motivation or higher need to form alliances. However, uh, once they reach this, you know, um, threshold where they have established these connections, uh, foreign firms typically in our context, they are from the developed countries. So they are well acknowledged as um, the firms with better experience, better performance, with good connections that are able to help the startups to, to, to exit in the foreign market. So in that case, there are have it, they will soon reach this uh, threshold where they can turn the liability of foreigners around and, you know, enjoy their advantage of being foreigners. Mm. Right? So in this case, they are less motivated to form alliances. So on the other hand, they are not bounded as the local firms by the norms of forming social contacts, having this reciprocal relationship with partners, and therefore they're not you know, driven to, you know, ha I have to return for favor and I have to form alliances with you. So with that mindset, we say that, you know, with this advantage of foreigners, they actually have more freedom to make decisions between going alone and forming alliances. And we find in our empirical results that they actually tend to go with uh, the standalone approach. In other words, uh, they tend to just invest in a startup by themselves. So the threshold comes lower for the foreign firms compared to the domestic firms. Is this, um, could, could we you know, envision this as they feel like they're not necessarily constrained by the norms of the country that they're, in this case, in you know the, the norms of China that they're investing in? So would you say that they're making more objective rather than subjective decisions because of that? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So they see themselves, even though, you know, with the experience that they have in the Chinese market, they still see themselves as foreign firms. And in fact, there's a very interesting interviews that we have that leads us to conclude that many foreign firms do find it difficult to actually work with the domestic firms. And there's this one foreign investors who shared the story of a domestic company that approached them and recommending a joint investments and, um, you know, attempting to charge a matchmaking fee for the deal. The VC firm uh, partner actually told us that this really turned them away because this is not the way of their doing business. They say, you know, we just prefer to stay with a market-based approach. And that's why after they accumulate a certain level of reputation, they may have more incentive to just go alone or use the standalone approach for startup investments. Interesting. 
So another uh, really interesting paper that you that you uh, are working on is about the high-speed rail system in China and how that's uh, modifying what's happening in the interior. I read about it in The Economist and in lots of news outlets. Uh, you're using it as an experiment, if you will, to look at startup performance and in foreign investors' ability to gain from work in the interior. So could you tell us a bit about, about that and what you find there in looking at the high-speed rail system and how you've used that, I think, very cleverly as a as an experimental design? Definitely, I'm more than happy to share that study with you. So that is another study based on the China context, and we try to understand the performance of startup joint, uh, venture capital firm partnership performance, and how does this performance is affected by the geographic distance between the venture capital firm and the startup, right? The geographic distance and its impact on performance is a long study topics. Now, the general argument would be the longer the geographic distance is, then the lower the performance will be. Um, and the rationale will be it's harder for you to communicate and it's going to take a lot of time and investment to to understand each other and there could be information asymmetry etc so that part of the literature is well established now what we do in this study is to incorporate uh, the HSR also known as the high-speed railway uh, system into the picture and we collect a large sample size that were uh, the part that the partnership was formed before the HSR was established. So among these, I believe we have over 10,000 partnerships that, you know, uh, in our study. And then we look at the data set that have over 12,000 startups that have received the first round funding from around 3,000 VCs, right? So all of these partnerships were formed before the HSR was introduced. And then we use the high-speed railway or the HSR as an extraordinary shock to see that how the impact of geographic distance change with or without the introduction of HSR. So we find that, in fact, while the HSR is absent, uh, the longer the geographic distance between the partners would lead to a worse outcome, which is captured by the startup's likelihood of going for an exit. But with the introduction of HSR some point at a time after the formation of the partnership, it actually, geographic distance actually have a positive impact on uh, startups' likelihood of um, exits or success. I think is fascinating. It kind of tells us that, you hold on one minute, you know, the, the, the geographic distance, which we typically consider as a liability, of partnership can actually turn around and benefit the partners and enhance the likelihood of, uh, of you know, um, of success. And what's that's more interesting with me is what you mentioned, uh, James, just now, the comparison between the foreign firms and the domestic firms. And we find that foreign firms actually can benefit more from the HSR 
and the larger geographic distance. We interpret the results such that for foreign firms who invest in a startup that is far away in China without HSR, it's really hard due to the liability of foreigners that you mentioned just now for them to communicate, establish trust, and because of the cultural differences, the language barriers, it's hard for them to actually travel on a regular basis to monitor the startups, right? There will be a lot of communication issues and trust issues going on. So that eventually leads to um, a worse outcome. However, when the foreign firms and the startups, uh, which are far away, is bridged by the HSR, which significantly reduces their travel time and costs as well, it actually allows the foreign firms to understand the local startups much better. They, because uh, they have frequent communication, they are also able to establish trust, be able to contribute the complementary resources, routines, and knowledge to the local startup. We find that there's a sharper difference in terms of the before and after HSR for foreign firms compared to the domestic firms in this case. Do you think there's still room to arbitrage? You know, so it seems like when they're making these investments and then the HSR comes in, they're more successful. Like it's almost like they were gambling and then they got lucky and that the HSR reduced the barriers. Now that the HSR is in place, do you think that, you know, if I'm a foreign VC, if I follow those routes, the, the HSR route, can I still find better opportunities along the HSR route? Do you, do you think that would still hold? Yeah, that would be a wonderful question, James, that uh, would be a follow-up question that we exactly want to study. We want to find out what exactly is, after the HSR is formed, what is the difference range right, of startup attributes that foreign firms or domestic firms VC firms invested in nearby companies and the faraway companies. Now, based on the preliminary result, we find that most of these startups that are far away in the inland China, they tend to be in the low-tech industry. We also look at the, the environment of their locations, right? So the GDP is lower in terms of productivity is lower. The research and development uh, investment is also lower. So we are curious you to know how the mechanisms like how re- what is really happening that allows the foreign firms to effectively contribute their resource and uh, knowledge to these startups that seemingly in terms of research profile and endowment quite different from the startups that locate in the coastal areas but yes i do think that our results could be robust, given that for one, the competition is much lower in the sense that a lot of the VCs are still prefer to invest locally, right? So there's a large clustering effect, uh, which is typically in the coastal area. So there could be a lot of startups that are cash cows are in the well development stage, but have not been identified by these VC firms. But that's one reason. And second is there's this, we find a strong complementarity in terms of resources between the VCs and these startups that locate distant from them. Um, so we checked the uh, input and output and also identified the VC's past experience in certain industries. So we do find that they tend to form alliance with partners that have a 
large opportunities for resource complementarity. So if that still happened, then we think that yes, HSR will come in being continuously helpful for uh, performance enhancement. So I love it because you're finding rational individuals, right? I always love it when we can see that there's, I don't know if intelligence is the right word, but they're making the right decisions. They're looking for complementarities and the HSR makes the world smaller. You have so many forces in the world right now that are trying to create barriers and distance. And here's an example of one that's an actual technology or in this case, a rail system that's reducing those distances and it leads to better outcomes. You know, I think one of the one of the lessons that we see over and over again is we can reduce that liability of foreignness and reduce the effects of geographic distance and cultural distance and those things. We actually get really good results from that. And I think you, I, I love this for you finding that that as well. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for your kind notes, James. And it's also important to understand who are able to benefit more from the technological advancements, right? So in this case, the baseline says that with the technological investment, first infrastructure developments, yes, it seems that the geographic distance can be turned around to actually benefit partnership. But we also find that who are going to perform better or benefit more from this technological advancement, uh, it seems that is the partnership between the foreign firms and local firms who can benefit more. And also we compare the level of complementary resources. So we see that if there is a higher level of complementary resources required in this partnership, then these partners are benefit more from the HSR, from the shorten of the geographic distance. And lastly, we also find that compared to other type of VCs, it is the government venture capital funds or venture capital firms who are benefit, going to benefit better than the non-government venture capital funds. So um, you're interested, stay tuned with the papers and we hope, fingers crossed, the papers is now in the review process. Hopefully it will be published soon. And, and then we, with the same data, we are uh, continuing with our second and third study with the questions that you asked just now. So you're right on the point, uh, James, with the directions that we want to go next. Yeah, super interesting research. I, I can't even imagine how difficult that data collection was. So you know, kudos to you and your team. That's unbelievable. And just really good work. Really, really good science. So Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we, we've got a great research team and we are able to actually track down uh, the city diets and we compare the travel time uh, between the two cities of using various travel methods. For instance, we compare the fast Fast, fastest um, time that, you know, the direct flight, we also consider delayed probably for waiting for the plane. And in China, typically you wait for two hours. So we do a lot of robustness tests. And for surrounding, you know, not too far away cities, we also compare the travel time between HSR and highway. So there's a lot of work uh, behind the scene, but uh, we are proud of the data that we constructed eventually. And hopefully we could turn into something really fascinating. Yeah, I love it. That's, that's an example of excellent research. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. So thank you for sharing with us today. It's been really nice to have you and talk about some of your fascinating work. All right, iHub listeners, head over to internationalhub.org for more great podcast episodes, articles, and even assessments to help you build your international business competencies. There, you can also find links to subscribe to us on YouTube and follow us on Instagram. See you later.